Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Um, did you tell the person next to you that they look good this morning, just in case? Now look at the other person you just ignored for a second and tell them you look good too. All right. Um, I want to welcome you guys to our Christmas at NUMA season, all right? And I am glad that you guys made time in your calendar, in your agenda uh, to be here today. And just a couple of things that are going on here at NUMA during this Christmas season, all right, that is important that I communicate to you, all right? One of them has to do with what's going to be going on here on December 21st, okay? December 21st, we're going to have this big production that we've been working on, all right? And we're doing it together as a church. We're doing it together with our school. Yesterday, we had the run-through rehearsal. And guys, you guys are ready for a treat. It's going to be amazing what's going to happen. You know what? All right, God is going to show up, and I want to encourage you guys. All right, don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. And I have some news this morning, all right? We have two showings, one at 6 and one at 8 p.m., all right? It's on the 21st. It's a weekday. Well, guess what? For the 6 p.m., we only have 40 seats left right now. All right, so if you're planning to come to that 6 p.m. service, you want to get this QR code that is behind me, and you want to reserve your seat because we're going to have 400 seats, and once those seats are packed out, we can't take more people. And for the, for the 8 o'clock, we only have 140 seats left. All right, so this is packing up quick, and we want to make sure that you get people here because they're going to get the message of Jesus by seeing little kids coming up here and singing, by seeing people acting. And guess what? God is going to be working his goodness. He's going to be working in the hearts of the people. And when that invitation comes, you're going to see people coming to the Lord. So we want to make sure that you get people here. All right? So behind me is a QR code. Just let us know. I'm coming at 6. I'm coming at 8. And you sign up for that. All right? Also, very, very important, all right, December 25th, this year falls on a Sunday, all right? And that doesn't happen too often. It happens every five, six years that, that it takes place. So on December 25th, okay, we're going to be having an online experience. It's not going to be in person, all right? We're going to have English online at 10 and Spanish online at 12 o'clock. All right, and we want to make sure that you tune in. It's going to be amazing, but don't come on that day, all right? If you come on that day, guys, I have the bad news to tell you that gate's going to be closed outside, all right? And some people might be opening some Christmas present with their children, you know, on Sunday morning, but we want to make sure that you tune in, all right, and you schedule it down. Like if you were coming to church, hey, you know what? We're going to tune in. We're going to be part of what's going to be going on. So that's on December 25th and January 1st also falls on a Sunday. Now, I know I got to be nuts if I'm going to try to do a 10 o'clock service on January 1st, especially with my Latin people that literally will stay up till like 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning celebrating New Year's, all right? So for New Year's on January 1st, we're going to be having one bilingual service at 6 p.m. in the afternoon, all right? Why at 6 p.m.? Because you were able to sleep through, okay, and you're ready now to start the year with the Lord, all right? So January 1st, what time? 
not 6 a.m., all right? Don't come straight from your party over here, all right? 6 p.m., you go, you sleep, get some rest, put on some nice church clothes, all right? And then at 6 p.m. on January 1st, we're going to have our, our, our gathering to celebrate the new year, all right? Question, how many of you guys like gifts? Raise your hand. You like gifts. Be honest, you're in the house of God, all right? That's good. Some years ago, they wrote a book about the, the love language, five different love languages that Gary Chapman, and he spoke about receiving gifts is one of those love languages, you know, that people have, all right? How many of you guys like giving gifts? Raise your hand. You like giving gifts, all right? That's amazing, all right? Because you're going to have the opportunity to do that because right now we're collecting toys. We're in the middle of a toy drive, and I want to encourage you, these toys are going to bless families that are in the homestead community, very poor area that we've adopted years ago that we go and serve. And next Saturday morning on the 18th of December, we're going to go out there. No, is it the 18th? I'm going to make sure I get the, the, the date. But it's next Saturday, all right? Next Saturday, the 17th, all right? We're going to gather here at 845 all right, and then we're going to pray up, and then we're going to go to that community in Homestead to take those toys and bless those children and bless those families. So one, guys, during the week, our offices are open. We have our school going on. Come and drop toys. Come and drop gifts. We want to make sure we take it. And number two, get yourself over here because I know that is going to be a blessing if you go over there. You know, and you see what's going on, and God uses you to make a difference in those families that are out there. All right, so... Uh, that is very important. I think I'm done with these things that I wanted to share uh, as, uh, as we talk about these things of Christmas and Numa. But when we talk about Christmas, we definitely talk about gifts. You know, look at this. We have a Christmas tree on the platform. And what's all around that Christmas tree? What is there? There's what? There's gifts. All right. The malls are packed right now. All right. If you are like me, that you like to go into the mall and get in and get out, you know, because you know what you're going to get. This is not the time of year for you to go to the mall. All right. Because the malls are packed and the stores, there's sales signs all over the place. All right. And you get excited and you go to the mall and you're like, I'm going to get myself a sale, you know. And then you go to Macy's and they go, if you get the credit card, you also get a 20% discount. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting that credit card and that 20% discount. You don't know what's coming. You know what's coming. January is coming and that bill is going to be coming. And you're going to say, what happened to my 20% discount? You know? And Amazon is out there. And FedEx is out there, and you see all the FedEx trucks and Amazon trucks. You know, they're all over the place, you know. And your list of people that you got to buy something for continues growing and growing. And sadly, your bank account is becoming less and less with all the gifts that you buy. But we're all thinking about what? We're thinking about all these gifts and all these things. And the question that I want to pose this morning to you guys Numa Church, is what remains of Christmas after all the gifts have been given or received or put away? What remains after that? What remains when we're done with all these celebrations and it's time to put away the lights and the Christmas tree? What remains after that? You know what remains? What remains is the presence. 
The presence is what remains. You see, this morning, I want to talk to you guys for a moment about the presence of Christmas. And I want to tell you that Christmas is not a season. I want to tell you this morning that Christmas is a person. And you know who that person is? Jesus is that person. And long after all the gifts have been given and stored away, Jesus and his presence remains with us. And we need to be aware of that when we come to this season. Because let me tell you something. The biggest present that you could have this holiday season is not a new car. It's not a new house. It's not a new washer and dryer, whatever it is that you want for this Christmas season. The biggest and greatest present that you and I could have is the presence of Jesus in our lives in this Christmas season. Because if we have the presence of Jesus with us in this Christmas season, then we're going to have an amazing Christmas season. And once everything is done, that presence, what's going to happen, is going to remain with us and it's going to go beyond. So today, the title of my message is The Gift of His Presence. The Gift of His Presence. What happens when I have the gift of His presence with me? Well, there's four things that I believe that the presence of God provides for us in this season. That's what I want to speak to you guys about this morning. Number one, the gift of his presence. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, provides you and me with direction. The gift of his presence provides us with what? Direction. Say with me, direction. Oh, we all need divine direction. We need to know what the will of God is. We want to walk in 2023, not according to what I think I should do. No, I want to make sure that his presence is guiding me. You see, look what the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. Beautiful scripture. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. How many godly people do we have here this morning? Any godly people? Yeah, you guys? All right. This is a promise from Scripture for you, okay? The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, it says here, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. How many parents do I have here this morning? How many of you guys remember that when your children were learning to walk, they were stumbling all over the place? You guys remember that? Now, if you grew up in a Cuban household like I did, all right, you learning to walk and stumbling is a big issue. Because Cuban parents, they don't want their kids to fall. They don't want their kids to scrape their knees. I remember the mess that it was for me to learn to ride bike because my mom was like, he's going to scrape his knees. And his dad goes, well, if they get scraped, they get scraped. And when a little one is learning to walk, what usually happens with a little one when they're learning to walk? They start stumbling over things and they start grabbing everything and all that. And what you usually do is that you sort of guide them. And you hold their hand and you start guiding them for their feet to become strong so that they start to learn how to walk. The Bible promises, all right, that the Lord will hold the godly by the hand and he will direct their steps. Isn't that beautiful? And sometimes, guys, I'm a little crazy and visual with the Lord. Sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll extend my hand like this. I'm like, Lord, just hold my hand. Just take me by the hand. Lord, I don't, I don't know 
where it is that you want to take me. But I know that if you are taking me, I'm going to be all right. I know that if you're guiding me, I'm going to be all right. The Bible says that when the children of Israel were in the desert, that there was a cloud by day and there was a pillar of fire by night. And that cloud and that pillar of fire would guide the steps of a whole nation, a million and something people, probably more, were guided by the Lord. Don't you think God is powerful enough to guide each of us that are in this room today? Don't you think that he wants to guide you and me? You see, what that guarantees me is the following. The children of Israel were never lost in the desert. They knew where they had to go because God was guiding them. You want to live a life that you know where you're going and that you're not lost? You got to let his presence guide you. The gift of his presence in this Christmas season will give you direction, will give you direction. He will give you guidance. How many sons and daughters of God do I have here this morning? You know what that means? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And the Spirit of God will guide you. As you surrender to him, he will show you what you need to do. He will provide direction. Look what Isaiah 48 verse 17 says. Beautiful scripture says, this is what the Lord says. Who says it? Does PC say it? No, I'm going to read it. (laughs) All right. But the Lord is the one that says it. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. So he affirms who he is. Who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the path you should follow. You want to make sure you highlight that verse there in your Bible. Make sure you highlight that scripture right there. Because God says, I'm going to teach you what is good for you and lead you along the path you should follow. I don't know if this happens to you, but when I'm lost, it creates anxiety in me. Has that ever happened to you? When you don't know a place, let's say you're driving, this happened to me one time, driving to Georgia. And all of a sudden, it was before the GPS days, you know? You remember those days when you had to stop in a gas station and buy a map? You remember those days? Some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? Don't, don't act like you don't know. <laughs> don't act like Waze has been around all your life. You got to remember those days where you have to buy that big atlas of the United States and start flipping pages. Let me see what street am I in? And I remember that happened to me in Georgia. And I was in a neighborhood, and when I looked around, I'm like, I don't know if I want to stick around this place too long. And all of a sudden, I'm looking to the thing, and I felt like I started to hyperventilate. Because I was like, what in the world? Where am I? I don't know where to go. You know, I got off on the wrong street. And then when I finally figured out where I was, I had delayed my trip about an hour and something. And now I had to go down some other street. Well, you know what? The Lord provides direction for you. His presence provides direction for you so that you will not be lost in your life. Because that's just a story of driving around. And in a little bit, I'm going to find my way. But you know what sucks? When you've been spending two years, three years, five years, ten years lost. You don't let him guide you. The presence of God provides what? Say with me, direction. All right? Number two, the gift of his presence provides me with hope. The gift of his presence provides us with what, church? With hope. Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, 13. 
And look what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope. Okay, look at me real quick. Who's the source of hope? Oh, very important. All right? It's not your bank account. Okay? It's not your friends. It's not your luxuries. It's not everything that you have around you. Who's the source of hope in your life? God is the source of hope. And he says, I pray that God, the source of hope. So if you're here this morning and you need hope in your life, you're in the right place. Because the source of hope is in this room right now. He is here and he is willing to meet you right where you're at. And he says, and he will fill you completely with joy and peace. What does this world want right now? Joy and peace. That's what people are looking for. Why do they go into drugs? Why do they go into the relationships? Because they're looking for joy. They're looking for happiness. And I just want a little peace. I just want some quiet around me. And the Lord says, hey, if you find me, I'm the source of hope. And you're going to find joy. And you're going to find peace. Look at what he says. Because you trust in him. Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. How many of you guys want to have confident hope? I want to have confident hope. I want to have confident hope. Have you ever seen somebody that is confident in what they do? I, I got to give, you know, praise to somebody that usually I would have never given praise to because I'm a diehard Dolphin fan, you know, and I love the Dolphins, and my Dolphins are doing pretty good this year, but if you're a Dolphin fan, you got to get ready for the disappointment. But anyways, I declare we're not having disappointment this year. Come on, Pastor Max. We're bleeding teal and orange, baby. And you know, I got to give glory to somebody that Dolphin fans don't like, but I got to give some praise to Tom Brady. Because, man, for all the years that Tom Brady was with the Patriots, bro, I hated his guts. They never did anything to me. But he would beat my team. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Tom Brady coming over here. He leaves this place with a win. So now Tom Brady goes to Tampa. You know, he wins the Super Bowl over there. He does his thing. And he's having a pretty bad season for Tom Brady. But last Sunday night, I was watching a game on Monday. I was watching a game, and his team is down two touchdowns with like five minutes left. I'm like, this is another loss, and they're going to fall from the division. And I'm playing. And all of a sudden, they give the ball to Tom Brady, and he starts driving that team down the field, and they get one touchdown. I'm like, all right, that's just, you know, one, you know, there's only like, a minute and 30 left in the game. This thing is over. And I don't know how miraculously Tampa ends up with a ball once again. And Tom Brady has the ball in his hands with like 50 seconds left. And I'm like, oh, I've seen this story before. I'm like, oh, man, I know how this story's going to end. And you know what he did? He drove that team down the field. And all of a sudden, with time running out, he gets a touchdown. And they're up by one when they, and time expires and they win 15 to 4. I'm like, this is crazy. He walks off the field like, it's like, I plan to do that. You know what that's called? That's called confidence. And you want what I want to see believers walking with that confident hope that they have in Jesus. That you know, whatever happens to you, you have the victory in Jesus' name. No matter what the enemy tries to throw your way, you walk with your head held high, and you said, there's still time in the game. Because as long as I'm alive, there's still time in the game, and God could turn this story around and this situation around, and he could fix whatever mess that you have in. 
Like yesterday, I was so sad that Portugal lost. Nobody's sad with me, but I was sad. Man, I was getting ready to see a, a Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo final, and I'm like, man, we got the teams almost getting ready. Of course, I know that the French have something to say about this. <laughs> Victoire. I learned my word, victory. How is it? Did I say it right? Victoire. That's what they're declaring is going to happen in the World Cup. They're going to have victory. But I was getting ready to see, and Portugal leaves, you know, and all of a sudden, they're gone. And you know what happened to the hope that I had in that team? It was gone. It was crushed. Time was over. They couldn't continue playing. But let me tell you something. If you have Jesus in your life, he's the one that controls time. Time is in his hands. And you know what I wish would have happened yesterday? I wish it would have been like FIFA 23 on my video game that if I lose, you know what I could do? I could press the reset button. Any of you guys know about that reset button? Like, no, let's do this thing all over again, man. I can't lose this game. And you reset it. But you know what happened yesterday? There was no reset. And sometimes we need a reset in our lives. Sometimes we need a reset. So I'm here to tell you that you could have confident hope when you have the presence of Jesus with you, no matter what you're going through. You have that presence with you, and he's giving you hope. You know that the suicide rate right now is alarming in our world today. This stat that I'm going to give you is a fresh stat that I got this week, all right? But the WHO, WHO? No, the WHO, the WHO, all right? World Health Organization reports that 800,000 people take their lives every year. 800,000 people. Listen to this that I'm going to say. 40, every 40 seconds, somebody takes their life. Every 40 seconds, somebody takes their life. And listen to what I'm going to say. It doubles in the season from Thanksgiving to New Year. You imagine that? So in other words, people are vulnerable right now. People are hurting right now. People are going through difficult circumstances right now. But God's presence in my life tells me it's going to be okay. God's presence in my life tells me that things will work out. So if you're here this morning or watching by that camera and some stupid thoughts have been crossing your mind, about doing something you shouldn't do. You know what? Just relax. Just relax. And I wrote something this morning that I think came from the Spirit, and I want you to hear this. Don't make a permanent decision because of a temporary problem. Don't make a permanent decision because of a temporary problem. I know that maybe what you're going through looks this big right now. But you know what? That too shall pass. The word of God will not pass. His presence will not pass. He will be there with you in the midst of all that. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. There's that word again, confident hope. God is saying, hey, I want you with confident hope, man. Rejoice in confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. It gives you a little, a little pattern there of what we need to do. Be patient in trouble. Don't get overwhelmed. It's easy to get overwhelmed, but you know what? Be patient. 
And you know what, guys? You know what you need to do? You got to keep on praying. Say with me, keep on praying. Say to your neighbor, keep on praying. And you know what we're going to do at NUMA? We're going to keep on praying. I got another announcement for you. And is that we are ready to kick off our season of 21 days of prayer to start off the new year. And I want to make sure you get this in your calendar now. Because I don't want nobody telling me, Pastor, I didn't know it was coming. Oh, I'm telling you. It's December. I'm going to give you a date of something that's happening on January. But it's going to come up on the screen. January 9th through the 29th. Okay, we're going to be kicking off our 21 days of prayer. January 9th through the 29th. And we're going to have prayer every morning here, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. You guys know the drill. We've been doing this for years. But you know what? There's no better way to start off the year. And those that have put on a little weight, or let me get to tell you what, we're going to be adding a fast to that. So if you want to fast, Milton's excited. Milton, you get excited about fast. Can we just clap it up for the fast that we're going to do? Mike is like, oh, man, I don't know about clapping for this. But listen, all right, prayer and fasting, there's no better way to start off the year. All right, 21 days. I remember three years ago, I'm my 21 days, I'm like in day 18, bro. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to end this fast, bro. I am dying. Because if there's something that I like, man, is to eat on my times. You know what I'm saying? I'm very punctual with my meal. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, you ready to end this? I'm like, I'm ready to end this. He goes, well, you're not ending. I'm like, what do you mean you're not? I'm not ending. And I felt the Holy Spirit told me, I want you to do a 40-day fast. I'm like, I rebuke the devil speaking to me in these 21 days. Even he's trying to come during this time. <laughs> and those 21 days, man, they were amazing. Because I was doing like one of them vegetarian fasts. But from day 22 to 40, the Lord says, I just want you going on water. I was like, you want me to do what? I'm like, isn't that like for Jesus and Moses and Elijah and all them people? And the Lord says, well, you're going to join them. I'm like, all right, Lord. Amen. That's right. At least I have somebody saying amen, because I didn't feel like saying amen at that time. <laughs> and Lord, hope you don't come up with one of those things again next year. But anyways, I'm just having a conversation here with, with him, you know. All right. Number three, the gift of his presence provides me with love for others. The gift of his presence provides me with love for others. All right. And when I talk about others, I don't talk about your family. I'm not talking about your wife and your kids. Oh, you got to love them. I know that some of you guys are even having a hard time loving them, but you got to love them. <laughs> I'm talking about sometimes those people that you don't want to love. Like the person in the office next to you. Or the neighbor that lives across the street. Or the person that was on your small group and promised to do X and X and X and failed in everything. That's what I'm talking about that we got to love, you know. And the presence of Jesus will allow you to love others. Look what Matthew 5. And for this scripture, I didn't want to go to what Paul said. For this scripture, I didn't want to go to, let's see what Moses wrote or what David says about it. No, in this scripture, I wanted to go to the Lord himself. Jesus, what do you say about this? Matthew 5, 43 to 48. By the way, remember we had homework from Pastor Kirk's message? You guys remember that? What did he ask us to do? To read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Remember that? Did anybody do their homework this week? Well, Martha, Sylvia. Oh, yeah, it was the worship team that did this. What is this? Alexandra, 
We're going to join the worship team so we could do our Bible reading too, guys. I'll sing next week. Oh, no, I'm in Orlando next week. No. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Look what the Lord says. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, can you say that with me? I say, say that. Okay, that's Jesus. But I say, love, who said that? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So when you're not loving those that hurt you, you're not acting like a son of the Father. Because we hurt God every day. And he still forgives us. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends his rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. Those are the ones that don't know Christ. But if you, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And you know that it's very interesting that he speaks about us being perfect, like the Father being perfect in the context of what? Of loving your enemy. It looks like loving our enemy perfects us in our faith. So sometimes like, why did this relationship go wrong? Oh, God wants to perfect you in your faith. <laughs> so this relationship went sideways because God wants to do something in you. How are you going to act? How are you going to react? What are you going to do? And you see God's in the corner of his throne in heaven saying, okay, let me see what my daughter's going to do. Let me see what my son's going to do. And when all of a sudden you decide to love that person, the father says, all right, that's my son. That's my daughter. So last night, my daughter had a volleyball tournament in Deerfield Beach. Boy, was I excited about that. She had three games, one at 4.30, 6.30, and 8.30. But the 8.30 ran late and started like at 9.15 in Deerfield Beach. Oh, and not only did the game start at 4.30, they asked me to be there by 2.30. So I was like, what in the world is going on? So I spent my whole day yesterday at an AAU volleyball tournament, you know, looking at girls that they're like 14 and I have to look at this size. I, I didn't even know that there were girls that size. But anyways, that's not my, the topic of my talk right now. So my daughter's out there and she's playing. Man, and I got to tell you something. She's team captain. And she did so amazing. I saw her play. She started only about a year and a half ago, two years, to play volleyball. And she did so good yesterday. And I was there, you know, sitting in the stands with a smile from one side of my ear to the other side of my ear. And there were moments that she had a shirt, number five, and in the back it said Garcia. I'm like, man, not even I had a shirt with my name on the back, you know. And there was an announcer, you know, and then Garcia with this and Garcia. I'm like, that is sitting there like that. All excited. I can still hear it with my eyes closed right now. Ah. I almost did like Ronaldo. Anyways. And you know that the Father's in heaven like that? When you and I act like him. 
He's like, oh, that's my son right there. That's my daughter right there. He just closes his eyes. Oh, man, I can't believe. Look what they did to him. And he still decided to forgive. He still decided to love. Oh, he's looking like me all the time more and more. That, that brings great joy to the Father. Now, I want to tell you that God has put supernatural love inside each and every one of us. Whose love? The love of Christ. Because you can't do it on your own strength. But you have the love of Christ introduced in your heart. And you can love people every size, every shape, every color, every nationality. Because you have the love of Christ living inside of you the gift of his presence and number four the gift of his presence provides me with forgiveness of my sins the gift of his presence provides me with forgiveness of my sins i want to tell you something you might look at me up here preaching to you but i want to tell you i'm not perfect if my wife was here this morning, she raised his hand and amen that statement right there. She knows I am not perfect. But you know, one of the greatest gifts that I have is God's forgiveness. You know that one of the greatest gifts that I have is that I can wake up and go to bed with a clear conscience 365 days a year knowing that I have been forgiven. That just lifts off some weight off my shoulders. I don't know about you. But it's good to be able to walk and know that you are forgiven. And 1 John 1, 8 and 9, the Apostle John says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So if you're here today and say, what's that sin thing, Pastor? The Bible says you're fooling yourself and you think you have no sin. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So what does it say here that we need to do? We need to confess our sins to him. And he forgives us. And today in a moment, we're going to talk to those people that might be here watching through that camera that might have never confessed their sins to receive forgiveness from Jesus so that you could become a son or daughter of God. But even when you have Christ in your heart, you know that you still sin. We sin every day. We fail every day. And let me tell you something. Every day I need a fresh dose, not of coffee, of forgiveness. Every day I need the Lord to pour his mercy upon me. Every day something happens that reminds me how messed up I am and how good he has been. So this morning you're here in this place. I want to close with Ephesians 1.7. And it says this, He is so rich in kindness and grace. He is rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So when I think about this Christmas season, 
And I think about all the gifts and all the hoopla and all the meals and invitations and Christmas parties and gifts exchange and all the stuff that we know is taking place in this season. I want to tell you something. Christ's forgiveness, His peace, His joy are like those Christmas bells that never stop ringing in my heart. And they just continue ringing that sound. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. His presence, church, is the greatest gift of all. There's nothing like that. And I want to tell you as I close that maybe you're here today and you're like, I need God's presence in my life this Christmas. Because boy, I could find some of that direction right now. Boy, I need some of that hope right now. Lord, there's some people I got to love right now. <laughs> or Lord, there's some things that I've done that I need to find forgiveness from. I want you to bow your heads right there where you're at for a moment. And just close your eyes. And as we are there with eyes closed and head bowed, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me through this message today? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And which of these areas do you want me to apply? What are these things do I need to work on? And take a moment and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. right there where you're at with your head bowed and eyes closed. I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you guys of decisions that he wants you to make. And I want you to be able to follow through with those things that he's showing you that he wants you to do. 
all of us in this room, all of us watching online. There's something that the Lord wants you to do based on this message. But today, I want to tell you that that gift of his presence is free for you and it's free for me. And even though it was free for you and free for me, it was expensive for God. Because it cost God the life of his son, Jesus. And this morning, before we go, I want to give you the opportunity that if you've never received the gift of God's presence in your life, if you never received the gift of forgiveness of sins in your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I don't want you to leave this place without knowing that you have a relationship with God, that you're a son or daughter of God, that your sins have been forgiven, and that the presence of God, when you walk out that door, leaves with you. And you might be here and say, Pastor, what do I got to do? Well, you got to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. You need to ask God for forgiveness for all the sins you've committed. And you got to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to follow you with all my heart. And that if, if that's you here this morning, or if that's you watching, and you could be watching this message recorded, but God is speaking to your heart and you say, you know what, I need to make that decision. Right there, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. And you're going to say with me, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for loving me so much that you send your son Jesus to die for me on the cross, to pay for my sins, to give me the gift of your presence in my life. Today, I receive that gift. I received the gift of eternal life. And from this moment on, I declare that I am forgiven, that I am your son or I am your daughter, and that I am willing to follow you. I want to go after you, Jesus. So fill me with your presence from this day and forever. In your name I pray. And we all say, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.